Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. So, Doc, talk to me about the economic side of getting the, whether it's the PMP certification, the cybersecurity certifications, all that kind of stuff. You talk about that in the Becoming a GovCon Expert book. Talk to me a little bit about that. Give me an overview of why that's so important for government contractors to get some of these certifications. Well, I mean, in you know today's gig economy where everybody says, hey, I'm an author, I'm a LinkedIn expert, I'm a speaker, I'm a GovCon expert, I'm a whatever I am, right? It's the Wild West. You can say whatever you want to say, right? And then they got to do their homework. Credentials are a quick, easy way. If the credential is legitimate and well-researched and the market values it, let's mm. put it that way, it's a real easy, quick way for you to demonstrate, hey, I can do what I'm telling you I can do. I can project manage. I'm an acquisitions expert. I'm a logistician. Whatever I am in the award or the bid, response or whatever. The acquisitions team in the federal government is really small, right? It's the contracting officer. It's their representative, maybe. Maybe it's the small business official. It's the government contractor in there and or their business development manager, et cetera. You know, there's a lot of awards and stuff, a lot of solicitations where they won't even look at you if you're not certified. So if I want to do Department of Defense, I got to be certified in security systems. I got to have a SEC plus at a minimum. If I want to do a contract over $10 million with the state of Florida, I got to have a PMP. Like there's requirements in place on many solicitations look at that say, hey, somebody on the team has to have this or that or this other thing. Why? Mm. Because an independent third party has looked at your experience and said, hey, they've got experience doing that. And you took a test or you did an internship or you did whatever the requirements are and you've earned this credential so that somebody on the acquisitions team looking at you among 90 other respondents can say, hey, look, this cat can prove in a independent way that they can do what we're going to rely on them to do. And, you know, in the government space, man, government employees, if you can de-risk them selecting you, you just decreased your stock price quite a bit, right? <laughs> right. Right. It's probably important to note that not every industry has something like this. Not every industry has a certification. You know, if, if I look at the coaching space, that's one of these where every now and then somebody will say, well, hey, are you, I think it's IOC or whatever it is. Are you IOC certified? I'm like, no, I didn't pay for a certificate. There's no governing body. Like when you become a CPA or you become a financial advisor or a project manager, there's all these organizations 
organizations that go through and they actually have tests. You know, when you become a lawyer, you know, you have to pass the bar and all these different things. And, you know, you've got things like coaching doesn't have anything like that. I think it stands out that, hey, this person is a professional. They have got their PMP, their whatever. Oh, they've had it for 15 years. You yep. know, there's continuing education requirements and, oh, they've kept up with that. Josh got his PMP 20 years ago or whatever. I don't know. It seems like forever ago. I don't know that he's ever done any of the continuing education stuff. It was just one of the things he did along the way. But it's different trying to hire him who just got it because he was in management at the time, thought he should get it versus the guys or gals who continually work on this and hone that craft. I went out and got a very quick agile certification because I was interested in this whole space, but I don't know anything about it. Like I've never run projects using that. I use it internally for us to manage certain things because I just wanted that education for myself. I didn't want to go get contracts based on that type of thing. Just an interesting space. What type of contracting opportunities are you seeing in this space? Because I've seen a lot of people get into business, the bright, shiny object. They think there's a lot of money in there, but they're not sure. What types of opportunities have you actually seen out there for stuff like this? Okay. So before I get to the contracting opportunities available, I just want to mention one thing, this acquisition team concept of the folks on the government side of the house and or the contractor side of the house. You mentioned Josh, 15 years PMP, but could he do it legitimately using a scope and a schedule and a piece of scheduling software? And could he do the risk analysis? I'm not saying he could or couldn't. I'm not saying it's not sufficient for the home-baked projects that he may or may not engage in. But if I present to the contracting officer and they say, oh, I see you're a project manager, just because they saw the PMP, they still didn't ask me the much deeper question, Michael, of am I any good or not? You still mm -hmm. have to have a conversation with the credential holder over a couple basic questions to determine whether they're a practitioner uh. of project management or they're a credential holder. And you can quickly determine that within a couple minutes, within a couple questions. So there's the first piece is don't only talk about in section M of your proposal or whatever section you put your chops in, make sure you talk about what having your PMP or your sec plus or whatever does for you and your capabilities in the agencies you serve. Mm. Now we can move on to the contracting opportunities. So in the project management space, let's start with DOD first, because that's easier. So you were talking about independency and government organizations and professional organizations, whatever. There's a DOD regulation. That means you shall do this and not you should, or it's nice to do this. There's a DOD reg that says, if you're going to work on an IT system at any point during any project with the DOD, you will have set plus at a minimum, period. It's not a nice to have, it's a requirement. If you don't have a requirement, like you don't even get through the front door of the criteria screen. So there's a regulation in place that's mandated you have to meet. Regarding the PMP, there's no regulation, there's no mandate, but most of those opportunities are in federal construction. A lot of times the PMP is not there to do sequency waterfall-y type stuff. They're there to facilitate meetings among stakeholders, manage the stakeholders and influence them, coordinate communications between stakeholders. What the PMP really does is say, hey, I know how to do general management because project management is a subset of general management. I know how to do general management, but I know how to do general management really well in the project space. So I can manage risk. I can manage deadlines because, you know, project is temporary. So you got deadlines, you got milestones. So that's really what the PMP says is, hey, I'm a specific labor of general manager that makes my living doing this kind of management. A lot of the opportunities that we're seeing in the Fed space are they want you to have the PMP so you can demonstrate that ability to communicate, to manage risk, because you're doing all the stuff that the Fed is basically on the contract outsourcing, Michael. They're making the government contractor, the GovCon, do all that stuff. They're just checking the paperwork and making sure you're performing. And you know what I mean? The KO and the COR are like making sure you're delivering, right. right? It's the PMP's job, the project manager's job to make sure that they're delivering in accordance with all the requirements in the contract. 
Yeah. The agreement. I can see a lot of room on contracts for if you are even a, a solo project manager, you have your own company to do this. I could see a lot of room in government contracting for you to sub to a prime and just help them manage a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It's not necessarily you have to go out and look for all your own kind of contracts, but just the opportunity to come in and be this person. In fact, we've got a lot of clients in this space and that's a large portion of what they do for their prime is just manage those contracts. You know, we've got clients that manage the or, or work with the contracting officers on the RFPs. That is a mini project getting the RFP ready and, you know, all the stuff that has to be done on that. If you look at business, everything really is a project. It's just how big is the project? Is it a mini project? Is it an ongoing project? <laughs> what is it? There's all these little projects when you look at it. So there's just a lot of opportunity. What's your advice for somebody who's not from a traditional project management background and they realize that they need these type of people on their team in order to win a contract. So the person putting in for the contract realizes they need somebody on the staff or the team with project management chops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So my prior answer would be a little bit in play here. Make sure you're asking them questions about, hey, so tell me about the last time you handled a stakeholder who was trying to tank the project or tell me about the last time a risk that could have affected the scope and killed the project triggered. What did you and your team do? Like ask just two or three questions that validate that their practitioner is not just paper PMP or paper PM. Okay. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it is, you know, like you said, I, you're, you're fond of saying this and I love it. It's one of my favorite Mike-isms. Hey man, subprime money is just as green and spends just as well as prime money, right? So if you make your living subbing, then in general, when you're trying to be more competitive on these bids and you're looking for PMs to put onto your staff for the temporary engagement and asking them the questions, asking them for their PMP certification number, maybe requesting a project portfolio, right? So, Hey, give me the top three projects you're most proud of, or the top three that were the hairiest that you delivered on successfully, you can start to get a feel for what they can do for your team and also make sure that the capabilities that they're talking about in their stuff, Mike, align to what you're trying to win, mm. right? So if I've got 27 years of project management experience in MILCON, military construction, and you're trying to do a, an award with, I don't know, Department of Agriculture, and it's about doing some scientific plant graft splicing, I'm not saying that the cat with the MILCON experience can't run a project because a project's a project, a project, got a scope, got a schedule, got stakeholders, got a budget, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they'd better know how to spell plant. They'd better right, be able to right. understand the difference between DNA and RNA, maybe, depending on what we're splicing together. I mean, if they don't have the specific context, what are you and they going to do to create that specific context so that together the two of you can right. be competitive on that solicitation? That's great advice. As I was thinking through this while you were talking, there are probably a lot of companies that the owner or the business development lead, whatever you want, capture manager, whoever it is, they don't have the project management background, but they know they need to bring this person in. So being able to hear some of those questions that they should be asking is really good. It's almost like not only just interviewing, but almost like a mini proposal. When I always put things in that proposal mindset of, you know, when you're talking about their background in, in three projects, I'm like, oh, so we need some past performance on this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's right. what's your past performance on on uh, on project management? So, and do you have them of this kind and this size? And so you've managed projects that are 100,000. Have you ever managed some that are 47 million? That sort of thing. You need to know that because again, a project is a project, but the size of projects can be a little intimidating to some people. So I think that's good advice there. Your company, Vets to PM, also has a massive resource if people are pursuing government contracts and they need a PM, they don't know how to find a PM. Talk to me a little bit about that and how you help these companies actually find the right person. Yeah. So this is a business line we've created organically over the 
years that we just absolutely love. It is in our core business, but we, we never set out to create it, but it's called Purple X. And that's because we get all crazy phone calls. Hey, I need a project manager with 97 years of experience, a PhD in project management, <laughs> 47 projects within the last year. And I want to pay him 57,000 bucks. And we'd also like him to be 25 years old, right? Because yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So in HR, there's a joke, right? That's called a purple squirrel, right? Yeah. Or a purple unicorn or whatever. Like you're looking for something that doesn't exist. So our database, Mike, over the last five years of doing events at PM, we've got over 4,000 now credentialed, qualified, educated, most of them security cleared with DOD, different federal agencies, Department of Energy, ready to go to work. Project ready day one, man. And we've put them through a 90-day transition course so they know how to speak general business. They know how to speak general project management. And so we help contractors, acquisition teams scale up and scale down because the risk of can I staff fast enough, I need 15 project managers in the next three weeks because the project starts in six weeks. That's a real concern. So this database is cultivated with all these military veterans and they're from all different branches of service, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force. We don't have any Space Force yet, but you know, it's, it's relatively new branch, Coast Guard. Anyway, so the point is this thing is called Purple X because you're looking for the X fact. We provide concierge services so we can help you with screening. We can help you with candidate preparation, top end ticket stuff, all the way down to Mike, all the way down to a subscription service, 99 bucks a month, Purple X access. I can fill any rec I have within minutes of getting the rec. So it really makes your already on payroll internal talent acquisition folks a lot more effective, a lot more efficient. It's a monster.com, but it's for veteran project manager and cyber management talent. That's what it is. 99 bucks a month, bang. I mean, you use it a couple times a year, you just paid for it in and of itself. Yeah, that's awesome. And it goes back to, I didn't know there were such thing as Mike-isms, but I guess this, <laughs> this, this is another one for me is when you are dealing with this space, the GovCon space, I always recommend that you find experts that are also specialists. It's one of the few things they always recommend. Like when it comes to you're an attorney or you need an attorney, you don't want to go to the guy who writes your will to look at a GovCon contract. He might be able to do it, but I want somebody who has been in this space and reviews government contracts for a living because it's just different than the person who writes your will. Same thing with a banker. I want to bring in somebody like Live Oak Bank who actually knows this space and won't just stare at me and go, well, I don't know how to deal with you. So this is another one of those areas where I just highly endorse instead of having a monster account or whatever, like you may need that for other things that you hire, but if you are regularly hiring project managers or you know you need to hire it and it's a one-off, reach out to Vets to PM to pursue this, you know, this specialty because you need a PM who is a veteran or whatever it is. You don't want to be sifting through LinkedIn or Monster or, you know, whatever it is. You need special access so that you're looking at, you know, 4,000 resumes that are that are PM certified. They've gone through all this stuff. Because I think that's really good the other training that you do around just teaching them, as, as you use your favorite word there, fluency, the fluency from the military world to the civilian world and all the other stuff that you teach these folks. So they don't just get the regular, hey, just dump your resume in and, you know, we'll see what happens if somebody searches for you. There's a lot more care that goes into this because that's part of your mission. So tell, tell people, just take a minute here as we're wrapping up, tell people about the mission for Vets to PM and how this kind of ties into this Purple X. I was a Navy welder back in the Gulf. I had a really rough transition and finally landed in at DOD 12 years after my transition, knocking around job desert, making, you know, 30,000 here, 40,000 there. And I landed in business, Mike. I landed in accountancy. I learned how to spell accountant. I learned how to spell financial manager, uh, was promoted into that. Then I started doing projects because I had some, you know, budgetary 
fiscal chops, some, some you know, fiduciary responsibility chops. Um, and so what I realized is my life got a lot easier and a lot more profitable. And I'm talking six digits for the last, you know, all, near two decades now. When you got fluent in business, if I could speak mm. business, I could talk to consulting clients. I could talk to executives. I could talk to federal agency administrators. I, you know, I, I could talk. I could understand their problems in the language they were using to talk to me. And I could respond to them intelligently in the language that they were using because I was fluent in it, speaking it. I was literate in it, writing it and, and able to use it. So I was teaching business uh, because of that expertise. I was recruited away out of industry into, into higher education. So I was teaching business and I was running a college business department. And, uh, you know, I thought, hey, Mike, I'm teaching, you know, thousands of people a year how to do this business thing. I wonder if I could pass this test. I'm going to go start yeah. a business. The first one was a major failure, bro. In fact, I think it's still on fire at the bottom of the gulch. I drove it off the cliff. <laughs> at, but nice. I learned 19 different, you know, pages of lessons learned how not to do a business. So anyway, I took all that business acumen, turned it into doing it the right way now over several businesses. And the most successful business I've had to date is Vets to PM. And it's simple. Our mission is simple. Help military veterans achieve meaningful, lucrative post-service careers, whether that's for themselves in their own business or working for somebody else in the civilian workforce. The reality is if they're not retiring, retiring, they're going to go to work for somebody, either yeah. somebody else's company or their own company. So I teach them fluency in business. We write them resumes. We provide them interview skills, workshops. We we do LinkedIn makeovers. We teach them how to speak business 101. We get them credentialed in project management or cybersecurity. Um, and then they all end up in this database, Purple X. Mm. And the coolest thing I would say is Kathy, uh, my director of career services, she does free demos. So Mike, you got a, a requisition you need, you got a project in, in six weeks and you don't have a PM, contact Kathy, schedule a demo. She'll walk you through your demo in eight, eight minutes, 10 minutes. You'll have a list of people. Like it's pretty amazing what she can uh, help people do. And, you know, we just started a relationship with a, a major defense contractor uh, two weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And it was all on a nine minute Purple X demo, brother, because they saw their problem solved. Like, whoa, these are the two I'm going to take and I'll feel better <laughs> in the morning. I got it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for what you do with, with veterans. And I actually really admire the fact that you are a person who found a group of people being veterans, love them so much that you built a business around it. You know, your personal experience obviously drives a lot of that. But I talked to so many entrepreneurs that struggle with, hey, who's that niche server or niche client that I want to serve? How am I going to serve them and do all that? And I love it when I can look at a business that if, if we were to study you and your company, and, and I know everybody's got flaws, but if we were to study it, it's like you're, you're putting the pieces in place that are really out of the textbook that should be taught, you know, around your mission, your vision, how, you know, your first nine people you bring on. We talked about that in another podcast from the kitchen to the conference room about, about those first nine and all that kind of stuff. So the, the way that you're building it and the way you're going about it and, and also the there's no arrogance around it either. You know, you're so humble around, hey, you know, we don't know everything. We're still trying to figure things out, you know. We're, but we're going 90 miles an hour trying to figure it. I think you you said, you know, you fail fast and you move on. But just the heart that you have for veterans is a really big deal. And I really appreciate that as a veteran. And I just, I just thank you for the work you're doing in the community. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on the podcast, brother. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash game changers.